Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Contact Lost. Uh, I'm Joker, your host, and today with me I've got two special guests, one that used to be on the channel already but hasn't been on for quite a long time. Hello, Typhus. Hello. And I've also got a new guest on the show, so please welcome from Team Netherlands, Root. Hey guys, welcome. Nice that nice of you to have us listen on a shitty rainy Saturday Tuesday. Well, look, not all of us can be at a bar on a Tuesday night, so <laughs> you better appreciate that. Uh, regardless, today we're going to talk about a certain event that is going to happen on this weekend, the 18th and 19th of March uh, in Netherlands. And Ruud, why don't you tell us a bit about this event, as I believe you're the main man involved. Yeah, um, so we decided to arrange a nice eight-man team event for um, all the W2C teams that wish to attend. And just for shits and giggles, we wanted to call it the Euro Trash Cup, also abbreviated to the EPC. Just to give a little wink to the old uh, WTC. Um, yeah, we're just doing a big 8 versus 8 team and events on WTC tables, WTC terrain, everything. Uh, WTC just as a practice uh, tournament. And we invited as many countries as possible. A couple of them at the end built. So now we have three Dutch teams. We have uh, some uh, shitty team called uh, Team Poland. We have the Belgians, the French, Team Iceland, and Team Luxembourg attending. So, uh, yeah, I hope it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, we're still trying out a lot of team lists, and uh, that's how it all started. And I hope we can do it next year again. I mean, we are kind of trying to make it like the BTC, like the Belgian Team Championship, but they stopped, so we wanted to have a... Yeah, a similar event. Lots of fun, lots of drinks, lots of warm. Uh, and this is the second edition. I believe last year you had an event, uh, 6v6 for six teams. Yeah, yeah. last year we still called it uh, Feast of Late, hosted by Team Netherlands. And then this year is the first eight-man team event. Um, the main reason... How I started was uh, last year we wanted to do an event every month and with that uh, or those events with that revenue we wanted to uh, sponsor the team so get money for the hotels, shirts, dice, all that jazz and then because we wanted to do a, a singles event and a team event every other month it didn't work out that much because a lot of teams were unable to come every other month we decided to make one big team event this year and the rest are all single events for like Dutch players. I mean, we can host 32 to 64 people and then mostly we do RTTs or GTs, one big eight versus eight team and then one like major event. Um, and for the rest, yeah, just singles or RTTs, like small GTs of 32 people. So unofficially, it's the second edition, but it's the first eight versus eighty. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, in terms of expanding to 
are you hoping that more teams are going to come like next year and then next year after that, etc., etc.? Yeah, so this is the, the first eight versus eight. We have uh, five foreign teams and we just wanted to do the most official WTC. So we got Neil as a head rep um, and we wanted to get more and more foreign teams. So if this year is a success, we wanted to make everybody jealous. And then next year it's possible to get maybe eight, 10 or 12 teams. Hopefully organize it a little bit more efficiently so the UK can come, Germany can come, I mean the south of Europe can come. Um, but obviously because the Warhammer is so fucking popular nowadays, everybody's hosting tournaments every weekend. So I wanted to organize it a little bit more efficiently for next year. Where I can tell everybody next month like, hey guys, what are you doing in March? Can you come to our 8 versus 8 team events? We have eight seats available, and if everybody's attending, we can do 10 or 12. So uh, it's the first event. If everything's and everybody's happy and everything's going fine, build it up. Well, it sounds like a ton of fun, but just like you said, there are many events all over the place uh, each and every weekend, and seems like more and more locations or TOs are aspiring to make their events like international or that kind of thing, have many people attending, high-level high players, etc. Uh, but it's good. It's good to see, and I'm sure it's going to be a blast. So, uh, like Roots mentioned, Team Poland is also attending this event, and they're hoping to defend the gold from last year. So, Tiffus, maybe you can tell us a bit about uh, what are you guys taking in terms of armies? So, before I get to armies, I would like to say one thing. Uh, there is not many 8v8 events happening at all when you look at, at the world. There's what? The Home Nations, however it's called nowadays. And this event is one of the few that you can actually practice 8v8s, which is completely different when it comes to team composition and what you're building and bringing compared to five men's, which are the most popular team format, I would say. So having that in mind I, and how cool the event was last year, Poland was like, yeah, we're going there. We don't really care about some of the other team events that's gonna that's gonna happen and we wanted to focus and make sure that we can actually make it to armor sport because last year it was a blast it was a lot of fun it's like the event previously was kind of how, how would you describe it as like a very chill prep like people were competitive but it was mainly just to have fun and also play at a good, good level so Lots of alcohol. I, I had. Yes, because the venue is actually a bar, also, right? So it's just convenient. Uh, and yeah, what we are bringing, I don't think in current meta, I think we are kind of solved in terms of what's a good team. So there are the staples of what you see as top armies. So like Dark Angels, Guard, War Eaters, Demons, so those armies and GSC, 
And I think those five armies are like pretty much a staple. If you were to build a five-man team, you'd probably take them. So then you just need to add something more to to the eight mans. And in our case, we took Castodes, Craftworks, and uh, as one of the last armies, I'm playing Renegade Knights or Chaos Knights, however they are called this edition. Uh, all right, yeah, and um, definitely the faction spread is, well, not really surprising, I think. Uh, so each team has a Space Marine army. I think only one doesn't have guard, and six have custodies. So like you said, the, the, there are just a couple of staple armies uh, in the top that everyone's taking. Uh, so I guess it's down to the last three uh, armies, that, factions that you want to take, not included in the five you mentioned, uh, that might decide how the pairings go. Um, Ruth, what about Team Netherlands? What are you guys bringing? We've got um, quite a similar list as Poland, only so we have World Eaters, we have Chaos Knights, we have Custodes, we have uh, differences are we have orcs. We don't have guards because we had one guard player and he played twins and orcs, and that's me. And I wanted to do orcs just to test it out. Uh, for the rest, we have Zoltan or Zoltan or whatever you want to call it because we still think it's a, it's a really decent army. Then, furthermore, uh, what else did I miss? We've got let me double check. Quickly, we have Dark Angels. Dark Angels, Demons. It's broken as shit. Demons. That's about it. So, Gene the Cold, Chaos Knights, Orcs, Custodes, Demons, Botan, World Leaders, and Dark Angels. So, we're, I think, the only team that didn't bring guards, and we have a couple of really good counters for it. Um, I do see the benefit of it, but I also have a couple of players who were on purpose giving other armies so they can try to learn armies fast for 10th edition. Um, so do you think that repping these armies now will actually be beneficial in 10th? Aren't we expecting a more of a revolution than an evolution? So uh, there's rumors no. of indices coming, so you know, stat lines might change, etc. Uh, the reasons um, so, in theory, I have only one guy of our team that didn't switch armies. So the only reason we picked all different armies is so that everybody could learn to a new army in about two months. So especially for 10th edition, because you know we're all expecting it to hit June, July. Mm -hmm. um, if that hits, we can put people on armies, and then within one maybe two months they can learn it and that's the entire reason that we gave everybody a new army oh so it's uh, more of a training of uh, how fast you can learn an army rather than practicing a certain army in preparation for for tenth more about the process rather than getting familiar with a specific faction yeah it's a bit of both so we took like we well, we obviously talked with with 
uh, Typhus and Puma, uh, yeah, Puma. After IDT, we talked about like, cool, what's the top 10, top 12 armies? What do we think? What can we master? Which models do we can get? Um, and we gave everybody a new army from February till now. Just getting everybody in the in the modus or the the mindset of cool. You need to fix an army. You got two months. Get the best shit you can think of and just make it work. And then we made it. The mock pairing. What are we missing? Um, what do we need to switch in? And because of the tournaments like this, we can actually see like, are we missing anything? Do we have caps? Do we have armies that we need to beat? Um, so this is a really good practice mode for everybody. Oh, that's that's a really interesting take, interesting insight. Tiffles, what do you think of that approach? A bit wild one. I mean, I, I think it's a good approach after all. Like this event, as I mentioned at the very beginning for us and kind of everyone is just a way to test out people and test maybe not completely in the sense of checking your armies in our case some people got new armies but it's also about checking how will they perform in this environment as not everyone who is in the polish team ever played in the eight months i i would say i think three people didn't before or haven't played in any serious eight-man events, maybe some something online on TTS. So in our case, it's not really having in mind forcing people to change for a new army. It was rather in making sure how well they can do the estimations and how will they perform when playing actually in real life, rather than testing out competing armies, because I think it was never really a big of a problem. We tend to have few people who are very flexible, and usually with every new addition, from when I recall, changes to 6th, 7th, and 8th, we usually had like a standout performer or like two, three armies that are just too good to not take, because they, again, fucked up new addition and just made some armies overpowered so because of that i do not really think that everyone needs to swap an army because usually if you have person who needs to play more of one army you can give them those overpowered armies when it comes to new edition mm. and they can just get the reps in as they need it and those who are more flexible can jump around armies and find out what's working okay I see, yeah, that's also an approach that makes a lot of sense. Um, actually, now that you mention it, uh, I kind of realized that new additions do tend to come out around when the WTC is happening, or sort yep. of. I mean, it's usually a always summer, July. right? So, yeah, uh, always July. <laughs> would it make sense to reconsider when the WTC is actually taking place? What do you guys yes. think? This is the entire reason why I started a vote after WTC last year. I said, guys, we all know WTC or Warhammer 40k will hit a new edition. Just let us please, please, please do it in July or June or whatever. Kick off the, the rules date. And I know Typhus' opinion already. 
but it's so much easier because now, assuming the rumors are true and assuming I heard the right thing, the new edition will hit 24th of June. We got about a month to practice, to try, and to put in a list deadline. And then, you know, depending on which country has the most info, playtesters, or has the most time, you can adapt. And on the one hand side, I really get the point of why play an old edition when we are the world team championship. Um, on the other hand, I'm thinking if we can postpone or reschedule the date, it's a, a better representation of eight years practice with, you know, I mean, if we have more and more teams are attending and hopefully this year we go up to 40, maybe 50, because a lot of like uh, Asian and South American teams are attending, as far as I know. If we have 50 teams and they're all practicing for a year and then at the last point they have like four weeks to go all bananas, throw things over the edge, and they go like, whoa, we have to practice this and this and this and this and this and this. Who has holiday time? I mean, who wants to throw away all the holiday holiday time to actually attend Warhammer events? It's a tricky one. And then on the other hand side, what everybody has been talking about, there's a lot of teachers in Warhammer players, so they cannot make time before the event. So it's it's a delicate situation. That's my two cents. Okay, yeah, Tifus, I you don't really have thing? Yeah. anything more to add. <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't have there is more to add. I think the teacher situation and some teams not being able to field some of their players is a big thing for actually choosing those dates that are and everything happening in August. That seems like just the reason why it's why it was chosen to be like this way back to actually allow more players to attend. But now that it will be, in my case, what? Fourth edition or third edition change at ETC slash WTC. Yeah, it gets kind of annoying, I would say. And uh, I don't it think also, you can ever also prepare for this. Yeah, but it also depends on how GW does it, right? I mean. If they go like eighth edition and we all play six Space Queen Army with Storm Ravens and the Inari Army with 300 Razor Wing uh, fucking thingies and uh, 600 conscripts, sure. But GW already learned that Rule 3 works, that there's a, a couple of things that they should not pull. You know, I mean, if they learn a bit, 10th edition shouldn't be a big one. But on the other hand side, if they want to flip half the system, it's going to be Fubar again. Oh, fingers yeah. crossed. Or you could even, or you can, what can happen is, for example, they simplify the game and it turns out that the one round of the game takes only two hours if you are a very slow player. Because hopefully they would do that. I would actually. not mine but if they don't fit in two more games a day so it might fuck up the schedule so you never know and also with all the with all we know like the terrain can also change dramatically which would be painful for organizers as well so 
we're all all in a blind. Yeah, yeah, it's it's gonna be fingers crossed on that one. Right. So I guess the only thing that's left is to influence G Dubs to um, change their their release schedule to accommodate the tournament players better. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm well, sure they would listen to that, right? They mm -hmm. they have a good track history of listening to players. Yeah. Exactly. Well, then nowadays they do, but it's more the release schedule is always in summer because people then have holiday money so they can spend it on Warhammer. That's also a big marketing and smart thing. Spend it on Warhammer rather than go on vacation. Yes. Sounds like a plan. Um, okay, so... Uh, oh, Typhus has gone through the factions way too quickly, and now I'm almost out of topics. But, uh... Actually, Typhus, what about the... Sorry. ...playing Chaos Knights? Uh, how do you think they fit into the meta, and were there any other potential picks uh, for those final three armies uh, in, at Team Poland? So, I think in our case, Chaos Knights were actually chosen way earlier than some of the top factions were. Like, we weren't sure about demons and world eaters and how would they fit into the team comp, but we knew Chaos Knights will be really good in the composition. And uh, they were an ch easy choice because we knew how they perform and what are their advantages when it comes to pairing process. And it all translated to the new meta we are seeing because you either have a gun line that's really killing only in shooting and against those armies chaos knights can still play if they are killing in few phases it's a little bit more tricky and you have a lot of close combat squishy armies like world eaters gsc orcs sisters those armies or craftwords or harleys those armies chaos knights generally are good into so the meta is currently in a state that i would say chaos knights have very polarized estimation tables where they win like half of the matchups and they lose half of the matchups but you can pilot it during the pairings to actually if they get a bad matchup it's for the better of for the rest of the team so they are very useful in how you play them, but and you can also do some small changes and choices within the lists themselves to actually either go even harder into the matchups you are supposed to win or get a little bit better into matchups you aren't supposed to win, which I think in my case, the Chaos Knights Poland is bringing better into bad matchups, while like the list Netherlands has is better into they're good matchups and that's just a thing that you can tailor in an army that i would say doesn't leave a lot of room to breathe and change uh, i agree chaos knights are really good in about half the the popular meta and the other half either really annihilates them or they have like a like a yellow 10 10 game into chaos knights is really good in a team setup, anyway. Mm -hmm. Eight-man team. I think in five-man teams, they are way worse. Yeah, but five-man teams suck anyway. 
Yeah, that's very much correct. <laughs> Too bad we can't do eight-man teams uh, every month or so, can we? I think it's possible. I don't think that would just need be possible. Anyways, yeah. um, but what about orcs? Because, Root, since you're taking them, we can talk about orcs. And uh, <laughs> yes. I think that's an army that's got really strong secondary play right now. And uh, so, uh, any particular reasons why you're taking them and uh, what do you think they're good into? Yes, uh, I got a couple. Uh... Small heads up, my battery's probably dying, so I'll probably take out my phone in the next five minutes. Um, Orcs is really good. Uh, I am using the Goth list now, and after about five practice games, I'm already wanting to go into the Dead Skulls list, especially against Gene Silicolts, because you will fuck them up with Dead Skulls, and Gene uh, Goths is trickier. Um, the amount of pressure Goths can put on. Guard, Necrons, um, Space Marines, except Dark Angels, Gene Silicolts, depending on the mission. It's so astonishing fun. I mean, I played a couple of games where I just went first and I put shit in their faces turn one and they go like, cool, here's a third of my army in your deployment zone in your face. I've got 40 Gretchens going, um, get good bits. I got behind enemy lines. And I killed a couple of models, so I get no prisoners or whatever. Especially against guards, because no guard has any combat stuff in them. So you get pump them good. You just max your secondaries in turn three and you're done. And then if you deny them movement and primary, you're already at a 15-5 minimum. And you just laugh, have fun, drink a beer and fuck them. <laughs> So that's why is really good. If you take them into Dead Skulls, where you have like 30 Commandos, 30 Nobs, and 30 Storm Boys, jeez, that's gonna be epic because everything's OPSEC is even worse. But yeah, that's the, the next edition of Yeah, the I, I would say the Dead School list has some issues because it can crumble against some armies as it cannot kill them. Like, you cannot kill Castles for one. Like, you just do not have enough damage. So, there are matchups that you basically need to make a conscious choice which are which version you are taking and which matchups you want your list to be better into. Oh. And that's where you just. But why can't you kill Custodes? Because you just put 30 power knobs in them and you take both of the warding units. One has the transhuman and the other one you warn them into the Nigon twos. You don't need the exploding sixes, but whatever. Well, we've played that, and it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, but it's the same as you said. That That's why we don't have orcs. That's why... We... And I've beaten Gene Silicolt three times with Harlequins on the five games of ITT. <laughs> I mean... I, I, I still don't think that's a matchup that you should ever win with Harlequins, but good for you. <laughs> I mean, there are actually about that topic. I think there are builds of GSC that you can play into. I don't think you can play into Horde GSC, but 
with can, works, I think they play. are. Uh, with works, I think the issue is they kind of need a table. And if you do not have a table against some armies and you do not go first, you can be put into a position that you are struggling and they be they are very role of the go first dependent i would say because especially goths can put a lot of pressure and just close your opponent in their deployment zone but we we are thinking about orcs for a long time and i think most of our prep actually for this event was figuring out whether orcs have a niche and we just couldn't justify them at the very end because I found orcs, orcs kind of have the same niche as war eaters. I would say they have similar role within the team, and we just thought war eaters are strictly better. Yeah, makes sense. No, the thing is, it, to be fair, I mean, I did six practice games and I got first once, so I got second into guards, into Zoltan, into genes to the cults and into something else and i still won all games except genes to the cult because i didn't have a lot of commandos and i was not second and when i had dead skulls because i was talking about all my opponents as well <clears throat> you put 30 commandos on the nine inch line and you play into any of those armies oh, yeah, i am playing dark angels which absolutely sucked um but if you have death skulls and everything, but is up it there, feels like that for everyone. Yeah, I mean, obviously. Well, there's a couple of armies that can get them, but whatever. But if you play death skulls at your optech and you can close them in, and you have 30 commandos who just either advance, move up, throw uh, like a bomb squick on the characters and have fun, you know, that's all shits and giggles. But if you have goths and you're strength 12 and you only wound on fours and it's not going to die and you just die in return. I mean, that's that's the big one that you're depending on. And the exploring sixes is nice. And I, I'm playing Meganops this weekend. And after six games, I'm thinking Meganops aren't what I wanted them to be. So it's probably going to be more not. They are very Commandos and more Stormboys. So it's, it's, yeah. And then if you put a Weird Boy in it as well, especially in the Death Skulls list, it's a, a more variable list. So you can either go, I'm not going first, so I'll just hide. And you can still play defensive secondary, so they get good It's a better defender list. Yeah. But orcs need it. Well, orcs mostly need it at the table. They don't necessarily need it, depending on the matchup. But I completely agree with what you said. It's a tricky one. That was really I, I think they are really good into opponents who I think they are really good into opponents who do not know how to handle big pressure and how to prepare for the big pressure that's gonna be put onto you turn one. But and I think it's kind of similar case as with castos and war eaters. Those armies tend to just check you turn one, and you need to have plan from the very get go to actually play into these armies. And probably most players don't know how to handle them, and then you can just crumble. So I, th I think those armies tend to 
play way better into players who are not so versed into this specific playstyle. And I think looking at the data lately, those armies are like at the top of the food chain. And I think there is a reason because those armies will tend to perform really well into unexperienced players. And I don't think that's a logic that you should count on when it comes to teams. But I don't know. We've went through so many shit in orcs that we thought they were broken, that we went back to thinking they are shit, that we went back to them being broken, that we went for full shooty list with three grot mega tanks, and it was just a cloud fiesta. <laughs> That's quite no, the broad I, spectrum. I, I agree also, as long as you have unknowing opponents with orcs, you can really scare them. But uh, we're training for the WTC, and I'm assuming at least 80% of all the players know how to deal with orcs, or how to know how they work, or how to counter, or... I mean, there's always a couple of maybe new teams, or teams that haven't practiced against them, and they get scared, but like 80% know how to deal with them, and that's why I'm afterwards, you know, after the training games, and Unfortunately, after the actual uh, deadline, I wanted to try Dead Skulls with a Weird Boy because it's better secondaries in both ways where goths just want to run into your face, get you scared, get your shit pants, and then just attack you, kill you, and laugh. And for war, obviously. Um, and Dead Skulls is a little bit more versatile where you can do both. You go second, cool, you hide, you're still offset, you get all the stuff. Throw up a weird boy, get war ritual, and have a lot. You still get a minimum of 10, and then you push turn 3 4, you call a walk, and then you can get. And golf just doesn't feel like that. Okay. And about, about controversial choices, uh, Root. What do you think about nids in French team? <laughs> I don't get it. I really don't get it. I looked at it and I talked to all my nids guys in the entire team and all the prospects. They're like, okay, guys, what are we missing? And somebody said, well, technically yeah. my three best nids players said the list is shit, but maybe we're missing something. I was like, Cool, thanks. So it's probably shit. Vladi was, was looking at it and he was... Uh, sorry? No, uh, the only thing I said was like, the only thing I was thinking about is Behemoth getting plus one strength and plus one to wound, so they wound almost everything on four up. So maybe it's a, like a, a T5 counter, but how many shits do we give? about it i don't know for me all those need lists nowadays look like they are missing 500 points somewhere and i don't know what's happening there i, I, I was really surprised by the french team like i think they have few choices that i wasn't expecting yeah like 30 burner boys i'm interested and, uh, <laughs> whatever 
Cow. Maybe they're taking the same approach as Team Netherlands, just chucking on new armies for everyone and see if they and how much time they can figure something out with it. So it's it's a good call. Maybe they're also just using it as testing grounds for weird lists. You don't know. Uh, I've got yeah, a... and I think that the beauty of those events. Yeah. No, go on, go on. I I just want to say that I think that's the beauty of like this kind of event, where you are competitive but not like really competitive, cutthroat competitive. You like you want to win, but you also want to test that you have more room to actually find out new stuff. And, and that's the other... Oh, sorry. Go, uh, no. <laughs> go, go on. I'm not going to stop you guys. No, Carry the, on. The other thing I wanted to, to say as well, I mean, I'm assuming some people will put on wrong pairings just to test weird shit out. And then on the other hand, sorry, because it's not mega competitive, we're all still... That's what I really liked about WTC last year. Everybody's still super nice there is absolutely no gotcha there is a think about this i can do this if you do this i can pull this i mean all those like small things i mean the fact that the french and the german people actually have english codexes and they spoke perfect english just blew my mind last year and it's like a really that was an game. update <laughs> you sound like a robot typhus what did you do Oh, sorry, maybe, maybe my internet at times is dog shit and I cannot do much about it. That's fair. Drink more, drink more vodka. Um, no, and, and that's one of the best things. And the other really good things I think about our events at ETC itself is that we have um, like a beer brewery around the corner of the venue where everybody can have dinner and food as well and drinks. So the moment you're thinking like cool we're training for the eight man teams and everybody just has a couple of spots so not every team sits at a table but we mix you get so many good conversations about why did you do this or why did you take this army or how do you pair against this or why what's the reason about this and then everybody just talks shit about warhammer for about two to three hours whilst having dinner and drinks, and then afterwards we can go out as well. So that's, yeah, one of the, the biggest selling points I always tell all the other guys around the world and in the Netherlands as well. I mean, we have a really nice venue. The venue has a bar, and around the corner there's a restaurant where they make their own beers. So you can play Warhammer, and then afterwards you can have ribs or burgers, more beers, and then afterwards you can go into the town and get pissed. It's like triple on triple on triple good deals yeah that's all warhammer is about isn't it <laughs> getting wasted uh, after playing yeah having fun talk shit about each other and get pissed it's amazing exactly uh in terms of team comps though still uh i'm wondering about one or two things too actually so uh one thing is space marines uh which are obviously top the matter, especially the Archangels, but one team has opted to take Iron Hands. What's your take on that one, guys? I think two. Or maybe two? I'm I looking at some spreadsheet and uh, one 
Space Marines is just going uh, yeah, to Space Martin, Marines. So I don't know Martin, Martin needed to change his army, right? But I think I, there are two Iron Hands. Martin has to change his army from Iron to Tau, so G could take up Dark Angels. That's one of the old WTC captains, or ETC captains. And the other Dutch team has Thomas, and Thomas plays Iron Hands since the change, and they opted not to take Dark Angels. Um, one of the reasons is because Thomas is really decent on Iron Hands. The other reason is because we had to... Uh, get a third Dutch team, we didn't have enough Dark Angel models. So it's like a two-sided coin. We had like uh, seven foreign teams, a couple of teams bailed out last minute. Like, oh, I'm not going to call names because I don't give a shit and I don't want to call names. But um, uh, Martijn did a really good job in hosting like two teams in two days and he got 15 guys together and the first team, they chose a different captain, so uh, Martijn could have captained the third team, or second team, whatever you want to call it. And he wanted to do Iron Hands, and then at a certain point, they had a, uh, a COVID guy, so he took Tau. They had a Dark Angel replacement, and the last team already had Iron Hands, because the guy playing Marines did a really nice job at the IPT. I think that's the the biggest call because we had expected. Okay, so that, that surely that isn't Dino. <laughs> <laughs> no, Dino sucks at Iron Hands because he can't even win from custodies. Dino, if you're listening, get good. <laughs> uh, we might have. We might have made that night after ITT quite rough for Dino. Oh, I don't know what anyway, you mean, Tyus. I only I, I got think... his shirt. And we and we had a really nice gentleman's agreement <laughs> with the clock and stuff. <laughs> yeah, but TikTok, I, I think TikTok, Iron Hands in the team setup there are I think there are like two, three teams that were supposed I think three teams had Iron Hands at the very from the very get go. And I think Iron Hands in the team setting still are good. Like, Dark Angels are better and are yeah. more stable. And I think the latter part is the most important. Like, Dark Angels, if they just don't do shit for one turn, they can still survive and retaliate next turn. And with Iron Hands, if you don't get a really good turn, or it goes like few rolls go badly, you can lose a good matchup. Because you are yeah. only doing shooting with a really fragile unit. No, I agree. Dark Angels just can hide one or two turns, still get all their points, and Iron Hands need to shoot and if they don't shoot, they're fucked. And that's it. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> so interesting reasoning, at least one of them. Uh, and the other unusual i think or maybe not super popular build uh it's again a uh, team iceland i see are taking a full slaneshi list for demons yeah uh, okay um, Zeech gonna, is definitely gonna... more popular nowadays so I'm yeah rude i could see you're eager to uh, say something yeah so first of all Hydar has been talking shit about team netherlands for two years 
and then last year we beat the Raptors with 138 to 22. So fuck Iceland. And um, against yeah, because the Iceland guys. And Idar just wants to put everything on the line and throw everything in somebody's face and then win. And then the best story I got about this is when we had to pair against Iceland and then we put Dino with Tau against Idar when he had nits with Kraken. And Dino started and he shot 80% of the nits off the board in turn one. He walked up to me and Dino said, Root, I shot off the team captain's nits already 80% and I'm out of turn one. And I feel sorry about it. And then I told him, like, you know, that's that's the guy who talked shit about us for about a year. And then he looked at me and he painted all anger and smiley. And he said, well, fuck that guy, man. And he walked away and just sailed in turn two. So that's Hydar. Hydar <laughs> just wants to put shit on the line and run into everybody's faces and kill main burn. So we should have taken world leaders. So we failed. So that's my shit talk about Iceland. Done. Thank you for that. <laughs> Typhus, anything to add? I mean, we, we are playing Iceland round one. So I'm really interested how that army actually will perform. I know Pumba for a fact actually tested this list. And we are thinking about it for Alpine. And I think that's another army that puts a lot of pressure on you and kind of what we spoke about castles, world eaters and orcs also translates to this matchup and some some armies will not be able to withstand <gasps> I, i'm sorry some armies will not be able to withstand the pressure but i think this army even though i know Haydar had really good scores i think in teams it is slightly worse than Singe version because it doesn't have that niche use of being able to play into gun lines on their table, which I think Singe Demons giving you that option is a huge thing. Yeah, it doesn't have a 3-up save. And then when you're plus a 3-4-up save, if you don't go first or if you cannot wrap stuff, you will probably die to shooting lines. And that's the big trick so it's either gonna be like a late defender or a, a, cheeky, a cheeky attacker into something but really curious yeah I'm yeah I, I think this curious. army also as soon as you deploy this six-man fiend units you realize how big footprint they have like oh, you're gigantic. not hiding those boys you're not hiding them no not a chance. Not three units. I mean, obviously, like with the Infernal and Raptures, or however you pronounce those, half, half boys or girls or whatever it is for... Harfits. Yeah, they, as they have Warp Locus, you actually have like a better Rhino in the form of your HQ. So they can bring a unit within six inches of your opponent and you can play with this army with like three squads of demonets in reserve or even four and one squad of fiends so you can actually play around you having not really that good of a table but then it means that you also need your opponent to kind of push into those enraptures although having in mind they 
with advance and shit, they get kind of far onto the table before they pop the units outside of them. And I think this army is good. It's something that we also thought about, but we decided to drop it in our team comp for the reason that we didn't have enough time and we knew how Zinj Demons work. And also we knew Zinj Demons are way better into GSC than Slanesh Demons. And that was something that we also needed to somehow have in the team because at one point those demon lists can, for example, be dropped and not play against gun lines because I expect some of the opposing teams to not choose Zinge demons with their gun line. And if they go to like the last four rejected armies, you need to have an army that can also play into other good armies. And I think Zinge is slightly better than Slanish in this, at least in the current meta. That's my take. I see Rude left us. Uh, yeah, his uh, battery died, so we can talk shit about him until he comes back. So, Typhus, what's your take on Team Netherlands? <laughs> I mean, I think their performance at ITT speaks for itself. How did they fare? I, I guess not very well. Uh, I, I think they had their A team was 3-2 hmm. and their B team was 4-1. Uh, no. Oh. So the B team is better than the A team. Yeah, B team w was supposedly better than their A team at ITT. So I don't know. There's something wrong there, wrong there. But I think the wrong part was Dino with Iron Hands. And that, that, that guy is just not meant for that army. Most definitely. <laughs> A, a glorious return, just in time and picking up the subject straight off. Yeah, I think, well, if we're talking about ITT, in the end, we just should have taken Dick on Dark Angels and Dino and World Leaders. But it's obviously easy chats after the event. Um, I still did pretty great with Harlequins. Yeah, it's always but, easy. Yeah, afterwards it's easy, but we we talked shits and giggles before when we said, cool, Root goes on Dark Angels, Dino gets World Eaters, and Dick will play, uh, what did we give, Dick Chaos Knights or something? Mm -hmm. That would have been a good idea. Um, Dick on Dark Angels, Dino on World Eaters, and me on Quins, just to cancel weird shit out, was still good, because in the end... I only lost to the mirror when I had to go second, and I beat three Gene Silicon players, which was funny, but my head was fucking dead after three of those games. So, um, yeah, I mean, ITT was good. The Team Netherlands was better because they had better armies, and they had guys on the armies that knew their armies better than we did. So, kudos to them. They did a really good job. Perrin was better. All right, guys. Uh, I think we're gonna wrap up. Any final thoughts? No, we're definitely gonna have fun this weekend. 
And I think that's the main idea. We are looking into very much alternative ways of doing pairings. And we had a few thoughts with Mycin. I think one of them, if we actually go for it, you'll very much enjoy it, Roots. And every team we'll face will very much enjoy it. Yeah, so I, I'm really looking forward to the event. There's gonna be a lot of booze anyway. Maybe it's gonna be fine. Yeah, it's gonna be fine, right? <laughs> Nothing bad will happen. Surely. Yeah, because I won't remember, so it doesn't count, so it's fine. All yeah, right. but I think the event will be cool. I'm really looking forward to actually playing against like decent teams and getting some reps in. And it will be my second event after WTC, so it's been a while, and I'm all, and I'm already looking forward to it. Good stuff. All right, um, guys, thanks very much for joining in. That was a very interesting chat, and uh, well, surely you're going to have fun. But hopefully, there are no issues at the event, and it all goes well, and it grows even bigger for next year. Yeah. Same. I think the teams that are coming are not gonna try to use gotchas or being idiots or dicks or whatever because Neil's gonna be there and I'm gonna be there and if anybody wants to pull some janky shit, if Neil's not gonna fuck you up, I will. And I'm captaining so I don't wanna even be a ref. I just wanna have fun and talk shit and take a piss and have drinks and play Warhammer. It's gonna be amazing. Good stuff. All right. So thanks, guys, for coming in. Uh, my guests today were Tiffus and Rud. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for uh, hosting, and uh, I will go back into my bar and get pissed again. So I have to do the hard job, but somebody has to do it. Yep. <laughs> Good luck with it. Thank you. Uh, and I was Joker, and you were listening to Contact Lost. If you like what we do, please like, subscribe, hit the bell button, um, visit our new blog uh, page as well, and make sure to tune in into next episodes. Thanks, everyone, and bye-bye. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks. <laughs>